This is the last um, uh, session for the morning hour. It's already afternoon. And I do know that you guys uh, now, your stomachs will start calling. And I think it is uh, a good one because it is talking on hospitality, how to be hospitable to one another. So it's, um, I believe we will uh, find some encouragement in this and, uh, on how to extend hospitality to each other. So this is our third one another. Okay, so we've looked at um, live in harmony with one another yesterday night, and uh, this morning we looked at um, bearing with one another, and now being hospitable to one another. That's what we want to look at. We, I will uh, walk through first. I know you've been given enough for the day, and um, uh, and also the temperatures, the weather. Sometimes um, it weighs on us, and you will start praying for me when I don't need your prayers, but it's fine. Um, so that's what we will be doing this uh, just before we go for lunch. Hospitality. When we think of hospitality, I also want to begin by letting you know it is not a suggestion. Okay? Um, at men's, we were just discussing about uh, the difference between indicative and imperatives, okay? Um, indicative stating the facts and uh, imperatives coming with the commands. This is what you're supposed to do. And so when we are talking of, about hospitality, it is commanded. It's not suggested. Um, it's something that the church believers are called upon to do. Uh, all Christians are called upon to practice this particular um, important uh, virtue of uh, hospitality. Um, those verses, you'll just note them. I will not go there to read because we have our text that we'll be looking at. But just at the beginning, just to know, it is commanded of you as you're seated here. Okay? Um, not only that, widows are specifically told to practice it. Uh, we see that in the book of um, uh, Timothy chapter 5. Uh, where Paul is saying, okay, those women who are actually practicing, widows who are practicing uh, hospitality are to be put on the list um, to receive the help needed from the church. And so it is, it is to be taken uh, note of. It is also a requirement of an elder. It's when we read also when you are going through the qualifications of elders and the deacons in the church, um, it's, uh, they are also commanded to practice this particular um, uh, uh, virtue here, um, which is uh, a requirement for an elder. You know, be hospitable. Uh, because as an elder, as a deacon, people will be there, not just coming into your home, but also just ministering to them wherever they are. So it is required of you as uh, an elder to have this qualification. It is a command of every believer, and I think it will be good just to read this. I like what um, the Apostle Peter puts it here in 1 Peter chapter 4, um, verse 9. It says here, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So it is actually a command there, and uh, that command is to be, to be fulfilled without grumbling. And especially if all your steak has been eaten... Um, by a stranger, it is very easy to find yourself really uh, grumbling and saying, okay, why? Uh, why this? So we'll get to 
uh, to immerse ourselves in, the, in this as we begin with this introduction, just to know this is uh, a command from Scripture when we are addressing it. Hospitality to one another. Um, now, if this is indeed a command given to us in Scripture, the question we need to be asking, why or how comes that many don't practice? How comes we don't uh, practice hospitality? I'm sure if we, I opened up the floor for us just to uh, discuss this, I'm sure there will be different reasons. And some of the reasons will be very valid, while others will seem to be valid when they are not. Um, and so we will uh, just pick on a few here reasons why uh, this is not practiced in our lives today as believers. The first reason is ignorance of God's command. Um, as I've just begun in the beginning, we see it's a command from the scripture but as believers, we never actually think of hospitality as a command. So, for that reason, you do not see the need of putting it into practice in your life as a believer. The other reason could be lack of genuine love for one another. They're just people who are just into themselves. They live on their own island. People out of my life. Okay? And as we've been seeing during this uh, weekend, this, uh, during this camp, the Bible is talking of one another. And uh, make it actually your habit when you're reading the Bible and then you see one another, go back and find out what is God talking about here when he's addressing the issue of one another. And so this is actually should be something to encourage us to see that this is a way to extend our love to one another. And so where this lack of genuine love there will be lack of hospitality. Too focused on spending precious time and resources on ourselves. Okay, I worked hard. I studied very hard at the university. I had sleepless nights. And now this income that I'm getting uh, is not meant to be shared. And sometimes, very mean with our time, we say, life is so busy, very busy. I don't have time for others. Okay, so those are resources. It could be financial resources. It could be time. And it could be other resources that God has given to you. And you just say, okay. And some of us are even talented in various ways or even gifted by the Lord. But sometimes we find ourselves so self-focused and thinking it is for me. And you're not actually thinking of how best can I use what God has given me to benefit others around me. Sometimes even the God-given skills that we learn in schools, at the back of our mind we think it's just to serve the corporate world out there. It's not meant for the church. So we do very well. We actually do very well in the corporate world. But when it comes to church, we drop our hands. When it comes to serving your fellow believer, you drop your hands. And so, self-focused spending. You're also afraid 
of the unknown. Because you never know what this will come to. And um, I will say it is legitimate to think that way. But again, we have to find out what could be some ways to overcome this. Because uh, for sure, uh, when we are talking of hospitality, as we will be seeing here, it is especially for strangers. And sometimes strangers can be very risky. You don't want just to have anyone in your house. You have extended hospitality to, and then when you're waking up in the morning, you find it's gone away with everything. And so those are things that come with the hospitality, the cautions we need to have at the back of our mind, and just be wise and discerning with it. But it doesn't mean we close up com completely to say, because this happened to me once, never again in my life. No, it's a command to be practiced uh, in the church of Christ. It is possible to improve this if you are struggling with it. You and I need to vastly improve on this. By doing this, you not only are obedient to this very command, but you'll be used of the Lord to provide encouragement to others, and especially the ministers of the gospel. This is the way this is going. And um, we, we, we see that in scripture, and um, it is there. So it is something we need to say, even as you are here uh, during this camp, uh, if you have never thought of it in your life to extend hospitality to others, don't be discouraged and think, okay, uh -uh, never done, or I'm doing very less. It is the opportunity for you to start growing and improving because the Lord is reminding you of that important ministry in his church. And so we will look at examples shown to us by a, an elder, uh, which takes us to the book of Third John. That's where we're finding out the truth from this. And you notice, I believe this is what your church has been teaching you. We've even seen this morning in our devotion, uh, the Bible is our manual. It is sufficient word of God. This is what we use to encourage, to point us back to Christ, to help us know what needs to be done. And so we communicate this word clearly so that we get to understand um, where this is coming from. So let us read Third John, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it's going well with your soul. Uh, I love what this old man, John, is wishing for Gaius. There's the issue of health here, and not just physical, but also spiritual. We wish well for others, a good attitude. And then he goes on to say, verse 4, have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That is what an elder of the church, a pastor of the church, who has seen what Christ has done and teaching his word, there is always joy when you see believers walking in the truth. It is going to leave us with joy, the elders of this church, when they see believers of LH, living hope, walking in the truth, practicing the truth they learn, it brings a lot of joy. It takes away stress from your pastor 
when he sees believers who are obediently following Christ, serving each other, living in harmony with one another, bearing each other's burdens. And verse 5, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, addressing the church, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out of the, of the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, like these which ones? These ones who are actually supporting, reaching out, showing, reaching out to others, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. That is what the church does. Supporting ministers of the gospel, those who are preaching the true gospel, traveling and letting others know. We do well in supporting them. That's what the Bible reveals here. And verse 9, have written something to the church. But Beotrophes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with what with that, he refuses to welcome brothers' hospitality. He refuses to extend hospitality to brothers. And he also goes on to stop those who want to put, uh, who want to and put them out of the church. That was very serious. So that is what this man is doing. And so we'll be looking at these pointers from the scriptures. First John. Ah, sorry, not first. Third John. It was, it was written no later than 90s. And so AD from Ephesus, that's when the book was written. As you know, uh, this is John is old. He's the, the left one out. And so um, he wrote the book. What was the purpose for writing this very book? Um, for reinforce Gaius' commitment to the noble work of providing hospitality to traveling uh, missionaries. That's why he's addressing... Is an elder here addressing this letter to Gaius, okay, beloved Gaius, okay? He was a committed, committed to extending hospitality and is taking note of that. Before the eyes of God, this is the right thing you are doing. It is the right thing. And number two, to draw attention to the intolerable behavior of Diotrephes and to foreshadow the steps he intends to take in response. So he's actually in verse 9, as we've noted that. That's what he's pointing out. You know, this is a bad example in the church. Okay, he was there, and whenever people came and um, other church, sorry, church members wanted to extend hospitality, he would say, you know, and in case the church members did so, he actually excommunicated them from the church. To commend Demetrius in verse 12, because that's where Demetrius had received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. And you know, just, it's just good taking note of people who are faithful in the church, serving faithfully, 
sometimes even mentioning names, it's not a bad thing. It's just to take note. And just this is what John is bringing out here. You know, they are these men who did well in the church and their work is taken note of. Hospitality extended. Ministries that are happening. And for sure, even in this church, I know there are some of you who are working tirelessly, making sure that things are running. Those who have been running behind the preparation of this camp, musicians are here, all of that ministry, women ministry in the church, youth ministries, and all of that, those who are cooking, and all of that, those are important ministries that aid us in our growth. So we say thank you. Thank you to you. The leader, that is the beloved, good example is shown to us here. And this is the beloved Gaius in verse 1. He's a leader of a local church and um, an elder, as we note in that verse already, the, to the, uh, the elder, the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. John is an elder, but he's addressing Gaius, that is probably an elder also in the church. And as we noted in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, we see it is commanded there. We are commanded to show hospitality. That is a good example by doing this. And so it is not just John talking about it. We see the Apostle Peter um, addressing this very issue. We saw also in Romans chapter 12 where Paul is talking about hospitality as well. And in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, chapter 13, verse 2, hospitality is also commanded. So it is good to be hospitable to those you know, but it's better to be hospitable to those you don't know. And especially when they are strangers. That is the emphasis, especially when you are addressing the topic of hospitality. So application of hospitality. We just look at verse 6 here. They have testified to your love before the church. So again, going verse 5. Beloved, it is faithful thing you do in all your efforts. For those, for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. So these strangers who are brothers, brothers in a sense, they are believers in Christ. When they stand before, they take note of what Gaius has done. And so that is where you see the example of, of this displayed. And so he goes on in that verse, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Um, we can do, we can take hours and hours in expounding on that very verse, but just to say here, when they have come, of course we are living in different days, uh, those days um, um, preachers traveled. We did not have the kind of means of transport we have today. Um, we did not have the kind of restaurants like we have guest houses we have today. Uh, people went out and they will walk for many hours. And whenever they traveled for those many hours, they needed a place of shelter so that they can be um, refreshed 
to continue on with their service. And now what is happening, um, just to going back to the background a little bit to understand why uh, 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 John is actually appreciating so much what Gaius is doing here. Because, you know, there were small churches that had been planted. And as these men went out for mission work, they will go strengthening those churches. And so what will happen, they will write, John will write a letter um, informing the churches or believers, wherever they are, if so and so comes, please give them a welcome in your home. And so there was clear, it was clear that this person was known as a believer. And uh, missionaries actually practiced this a lot here in Africa. I remember in, when I was growing up as a believer, whenever you wanted to take membership um, in, in, a, in a new church where you are, you had to go with a letter, proving that surely where you are coming from, you, <laughs> you are part of the church membership there, you are also in good standing. And also whenever people went out for mission work, letters were written, go with this, show that actually you are in good standing whenever you went. So that was just the practice that happened. And that aided in the issue of trust whenever hospitality was to be extended. So whenever people came with the letters showing to Gaius that, okay, I'm here and I know, I believe in the gospel, so Gaius will actually extend this warm welcome to them, even though they were strangers, even though he had never met them before. And so that is what is just happening in this letter. And by so doing, he extended that hospitality and refreshment to believers who are out preaching the gospel and they had no any other source of income. I was talking to one of the brothers here who has been traveling quite a bit in, uh, in doing mission work, giving out Bibles and so on. Sometimes you go in those territories that are dangerous. You do not know anyone there. You are going there as a stranger. And so if you find a person of the same faith who will give you a warm welcome, sharing the same faith, oh, you feel really at ease. Very refreshing. So that's what is happening here. A very important ministry. Okay? So people most likely, the strangest guys had been hospital to, gave testimony about Gaius' hospitality in the church. And already that is setting before us a good example. Someone extending hospitality to strangers in the church, giving the support that is needed. Gaius had done in the past now John turns to what he should do in the future. Because in this verse, as you notice there, um, there are people who testify to your love before the church. And then he says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Continue doing this. They have testified of what you've done for them in the past. Maybe just to ask us, what can people remember of you when it comes to hospitality. And some of us will say, okay, I don't have a home where I can extend hospitality. I sleep on the streets. I have no place. I'm homeless. I can't do this. But I want to say we can still extend hospitality even if you don't have a home in a place where you can go.
and uh, with the application we'll be seeing that, that you can even say to this particular stranger, let us go somewhere, take a cup of tea, a cup of coffee while talking and encouraging this particular individual. We do that, and we need to do that even for one another in the church. And, uh, and sometimes I want to say, uh, um, hospitality doesn't have to cost you thousands of rounds. <laughs> it can cost you your time, but it may not necessarily take your, your money. Go to a place where you can sit, talk, minister to this particular person who is needing um, attention. So Gaius had done this. So in contrast with the diotrephes, the church is urged to do what Gaius did. This is what we need to do. Not to be like this other bad example, diotrephes, who was actually out to block out anyone who exercised hospitality. And he tells us you do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. And that's why I was also just mentioning the issue of traveling today. Um, things are different, and in this case, to send someone in a manner worthy of God could be, you know, give a pack for him some sandwich when you know, okay, this person, by the next trip he, he goes, he will have nothing, and let me just give a sandwich so, to, to keep him going. And so, so sending him with something that he can feed on while traveling or going to, to the next mission trip, or even if it was not a mission, uh, mission trip, but he was a believer in Christ, you push him uh, another mile so that he can reach to his destination. This also gives us a hint as to how we are to show hospitality. I've mentioned some of this already. We should entertain us if we were entertaining the Lord himself in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's what we see in the book of Hebrews. will come to take advantage of it. Yes, people will. Some people will take advantage of our hospitality. And that's why right from the beginning, I said, I mentioned those obstacles to hospitality because of the unknown. Um, there are some people who come in pretense and uh, they take advantage of us. And then they go. And that in itself, it can easily dishearten our hearts in extending hospitality. Um, but if that has happened, because I'm also careful with this, knowing that uh, there are times also people have taken advantage of me. And uh, when this has happened, you're always very cautious to see whether you can just rule out this and say, never extend hospitality, close the chapter forever in my life, or of seek to find other ways to minister. And I want to tell you this, don't feel bad when people take advantage of you. They took advantage of our Savior as well. And so when you're following Jesus' footsteps, things will happen to us because we live in this fallen world. However, we just need to be discerning so that it doesn't become repetitive that just the same thing happening 
if it happened to me now, next time when a stranger comes and is taking and is, is needing help, is needing a hospitality extended to him or her, what, what is the best thing to do? We sit with the people, we want to ask questions, we want to find where this person is coming from, and so on. At least some, some background to understand this particular individual. So that you're not just jumping in to say, yes, Pastor Andrew from Polokwane told us, it doesn't matter. It is a matter of using wisdom, discerning as well. So that we, we don't let what has happened to us in the past affect the very command that the Lord gives us. He gives us this command to practice it, but at the same time, he wants us to practice it wisely as we serve one another. And it's why even Paul, in Galatians, when he's talking about uh, helping your fellow church members or helping others, he says it should first start in the house of the Lord. That's where he starts. You know each other quite well as church members. And that's where we want to begin so that you don't say, okay, uh -uh, let me uh, give up on this. But it's the matter of let us begin as believers extending hospitality to one another in our own, own homes. Have someone over for a cup of tea. Have your pastor come for a meal. Have your fellow member you've been trying to reach out to talk things together. Come over, sit around the table and just enjoy fellowship around the table. That is how we extend our hospitality to one another. So that our fellowship doesn't just end on Sunday when we gather. It should be extended. Yes, as I mentioned, there is the issue of time. Because life is very, very busy. And you wonder, when will I ever get time? Just as you make time for other things, try the much you can as a Christian to make time for other believers in your life. It is not a waste. It is an investment. And let me show you the enemy of Christian hospitality. Verse 9, we noted that I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be fast among them, does not accept what they say, what we say. So I will not dwell so much on that. So there is here. Personal ambition was Diotrephes' problem. That is what it is here. It is about me. He loved himself. He loved himself. He rejected what the apostle had to say in the letter, as we note in verse 9. You know, when you are really writing to correct and to encourage, and then, and this is an apostle, by the way, who was with the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and is writing this to the church, and uh, Diotrephes is saying, no, he's rejecting that advice counsel. In a way, he's actually rejecting authority. And here it was not a doctrinal disagreement that he had with John. But uh, he will have, because John will have actually confronted that in first and, and the second John, because John has just been dealing with that in those letters. So it was not really a doctrinal issue. But he was motivated by sin. He loved himself first. And you know, sometimes we don't realize when you're doing some things, um, 
we don't realize what sin plays in all of this. And so this is what um, John is exposing here. And so Christ and his church was not his first priority. Yes, he was here leading this particular church, but it was not about Christ, it was about me. And we know there are many, many churches like this, even here in South Africa, where people are about to benefit themselves. And that's why we are finding prosperity preachers also coming uh, on play. They talk about themselves themselves. They actually rob church members. And when they see church members who are out to help others, say it is supposed to come to me, not to, you, to the other. So that is also happening today. Lacked description of spiritual leader, expected of elder, in the, according to Mark, where the Lord Jesus Christ himself telling the elders to serve, um, the leaders to be servants of others. That is not what this man is displaying here. He did three things in this letter, as you read it. He had mouthed, bad-mouthed the apostle unjustly. And we see, we see that in this um, a very verse 10. So if I, um, if, I, if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. Talking wicked nonsense against us. It's a bad thing to badmouth your leaders. And especially when you give being given instruction as how you should lead your life as a Christian. And you go at their back gossiping them, slandering them, bad-mouthing them when they are giving you clear instruction. He did not show hospitality. Those are three things. We see it in verse 10. Who likes to put himself first does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, and he goes on, and then the last part, verse 10, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome brothers and sisters that's what he's doing, okay? Not showing hospitality in that verse. So the verse is just there, verse 10. That's what we are exposing here. He forbade those who desired to show hospitality in that very verse. We see that. He says he also stops those who want to, put the, putting them out of the church. Who are the recipient of hospitality? Who are we to show hospitality to? That is a question. To clear our minds so that when we are reaching out to others, you are not leaving this place confused, wondering, no, so, so what do I do? Who should I show hospitality to? Verse eight of 7 and 8 explains why we need to do this and especially who we need to be especially hospitable to. In verse 7, For they have gone out of the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like this, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Looking back at verse, nine, verse 7, they have gone out for the sake of the name. <laughs> okay? For the sake of whose name? This is the name of Christ. These are preachers of the gospel who are going out in the name of Christ and they are accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Uh, we know we are Gentiles, all of us seated here. But this is not the type of Gentiles that 
the apostle is referring to here. The Gentiles are uh, the non-believers, the pagans. That is how the word Gentile will be used in the Bible as well. And so this is what Paul is, actually, uh, not Paul, John is bringing out here to remind um, us. Okay, so who are these people? According to what we see in verse 7, traveling missionaries. Okay, traveling missionaries. They are out there, they have given themselves out to preach Christ. They are out there, they have nothing. They are not accepting support from any other person. They are coming to you as the church to support them so that the work of missions will continue on. So that's what they are doing. Teachers of the word. Preachers of the gospel. Average Christians. All of those are listed. And so when John is bringing out this, he is painting the picture why. Why are they to um, receive such a hospitality? They are already living, it, uh, living their lives. They are preaching the word. They are involved in the preaching of the gospel. So that is how you can, you can discern. If a person is in need, is coming and needing hospitality, this is a person who lives out the gospel, preaches the gospel, and is living out that gospel in his life. So, of course, even with this, people still take advantage that those who have come in the name of preaching the gospel, but they are not committed to the gospel. And that's why, as a church, we're being taught to be discerning. So we need to be, to be um, discerning to see this. So why show hospitality? Because they are not going to get support anywhere else. According to verse 8, we see there we ought to support people like this that we may be fellow um, workers for the truth. They don't, they don't get support anywhere else. Christians are to support Christian enterprise. That's what is happening here. Why? So that we may be fellow workers with the truth. That's, his, that's in verse, verse 8. So, practice hospitality to one another by following Gaia's example of hospitality and by guarding against the Diotrophis syndrome. His syndrome was obsession to be fast. That's what was with him. Rejecting the authority given, um, willing, always evidenced by willingness to slander others. You don't want to follow that bad example. Evidenced by... Um, really not wanting to sacrifice for others, but to, to be so me. And much more evidenced with the drive to control. That's what was happening in the church. He wanted to have control. And so that's why we're here to be challenged to show hospitality to one another in this, in this way. The Lord bless. Let us pray. Our loving Savior, we thank you once again for this great reminder from this portion of Scripture that we are to extend hospitality to one another. Thank you, Lord, for the resources you've given us, time and finances and other material possessions you've given to us 
Lord, may we use what you've given us to serve others and to promote the preaching of the gospel in this world so that your name will be known. At the same time, Lord, we pray that you will help us to be wise so that we are not careless in the manner we exercise and practice hospitality, but will be discerning. And thank you for showing us good example from this passage of scripture that we are to support, first of all, those who are preachers of the gospel, those who are missionaries, our fellow believers who live for you, who exemplify Christ in their lives, the Lord will come alongside and extend this hospitality to them faithfully without grumbling. We thank even for the food you have provided and for those that have been busy cooking and just preparing this for us, we pray that Lord will bless them and also bless that food for our nourishment. In Christ's name, amen.